Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and our guest today is A's general manager David Forst, who stops by for a look at the team going into the second half of the season, whether they are buyers or sellers, what they might do with the rotation and with the bullpen, and his thoughts on long-term player extensions. All of that coming up next on A's Plus. Today, our guest on the A's Plus podcast is A's general manager, David Forst. David, uh, the A's are just about at the halfway point of the season. Uh, what, what's your evaluation of the first half so far uh, that, you know, the team has kind of yet to be very consistent in some areas, but I'm sure you're, you're also fairly happy with some things. What are you seeing? I think that's accurate. I'm certainly happy with where we are, uh, you know, over 500 uh, been in this in the wild card race pretty much the entire time. We we did get to this point in a I would say in a different way than we did last year, despite the similar record. So um, yeah, I think it's accurate. You know, you mentioned the inconsistencies. We've we've got a ten game winning streak. We've we've had you know losing streaks of five plus games. Um, so there have been some ups and downs. I know in talking with Bob, he would love to sort of stabilize things, but, um, you know, even as recently as past few days, we, we were playing well and then had the, the Montes thing dropped on us. So it's, we're not yet at a point where things are, are stable, to be honest. Yeah, I was, I was going to start off asking about kind of the more positive things, but maybe we'll do a little bit backwards <laughs> since, you, since you bring up Frankie Montas and his, his suspension. I mean, it probably goes without saying how potentially devastating that is for a team to lose a guy who's been by far and away the best starting pitcher. But you, you guys do have some starting pitchers who will either be back from injury soon or, or could be available to you. Uh, does that put you maybe in a little bit of a better position than, than maybe some teams or, or in past years or things like that? When you have guys like Lizardo and, and potentially down the line Sean Manaya and a few other guys from the minor leagues who might be available? I, I think it does put us in a, a better place than, say, we were in 12 months ago. I mean, obviously, it's been well-documented. We lost a number of starters as the season went along a year ago and, and you know, turned some guys who, who did a great job, but they, um, you know, they were, they were not kind of the options we have ahead of us now. So the guys you mentioned, uh, Jesus Lazardo is, is probably the closest. Uh, Sean's got a little, you know, lateral soreness in his side, but he's he's been coming along great. Um, I think with AJ Pocket still yet to be determined what role we see him in, just because the you know the protocol coming off Tommy John surgery is a little different than a guy like Lazardo who's uh, who's rehabbing just a, an injury from spring training. So there yeah, there are some positives out there and some guys coming that we think um, could really fill in. And, and that said, you know, a guy like Tanner Anderson has already stepped up and pitched well uh, a few times out. So I think, um, you know, I mentioned this when, when we got the news on Frankie the other day, that this group in particular has been really good about stepping up in the face of injuries or, or in this case, the suspension. And, and I imagine that will continue this year. How much are you kind of enjoying the Tanner Anderson thing? I, I can't imagine you guys necessarily had major expectations for him, given his uh, numbers at uh, AAA Las Vegas weren't weren't necessarily overwhelming. But he is a Harvard guy, an interesting story, and a little bit like uh, Ramon Laureano in that he was a, a guy that you obtained in sort of a deal that went under the radar early in the off season. Yeah, I, I think when we when we made the trade, that comparison 
was made. And, and look, we obviously traded for him in November because we saw some things we liked. Um, it felt a little bit like the Andrew Triggs acquisition in terms of a guy who has two quality pitches, who had some success starting. Um, you know, previously Andrews was in college, even though T- and Tanner's was in the minor leagues. But um, yeah, I've been very happy with how he's done. And, um, you know, we had to face that Tampa lineup twice, which is not easy, um, and hopefully get some, uh, some better matchups going forward. Uh, looking around the diamond, there are also some guys who uh, I think are maybe not necessarily surprising, say in the case of somebody like Marcus Simeon, but um, have really sort of um, made a major impact, and, and Marcus has, has really become one of the better all-around shortstops in the game. But, but you look at maybe somebody like Josh Fegley, who uh, is also having a nice season and I think might be a little bit more of a surprise. Who, who kind of jumps out at you among the position players of, of guys that, that uh, you really like what you've seen from in the, the first half? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of the guys you mentioned. But, but Fegley has been, has been huge for us. I mean, stepped up in a role where, you know, we had some question marks coming into the season as to really who even the, the two guys back there would be. We signed Chris Herman early on in the offseason. We signed Nick Hunley as we got closer to, to spring training. And, and really, we're, we were planning to sort of let it play out between those three guys, knowing in the back of our minds that, that Sean Murphy would hopefully be here at some point as well. And, and now here we are. Herman got hurt early. Then Murphy got hurt. Then Hunley got hurt. And, and Bo Taylor's had to step in. So it's, look, it's a nice testament to some of the depth that we had. Um, but it also... Uh, has created an opening for Josh, and then he stepped right into it and performed very well. So that's been uh, encouraging. Um, you know, what, what Marcus and, and Chapman have done on the left side of the infield, I think, is uh, is the reason we are sort of still where we are. I mean, we lost Ole for the first month of the season. Um, we really depended on those two guys night in, night out, and Marcus has been incredibly consistent uh, on both sides of the ball, and, and and Matt, I think I saw the stat the other day that lead, maybe leads the league in, in homers that put his team ahead. And um, and what he does with his glove on a daily and nightly basis is incredible. So we really leaned on those two guys pretty hard here in the first half. You, you mentioned home runs. Um, you are a team that has always sort of tended to um... – uh, have a bunch of guys with a lot of power. Uh, we, I think everyone knows Billy Bean loves lo- loves home run hitters. Who doesn't? Uh, this team has, especially, uh, there were some stretches where th- th- they were almost relying a little too much on on the homer. Is that is that possible? Can you can after a certain percentage, can a team maybe look too much to hit home runs or not have a diverse enough offense? Was that a concern at any point? I don't know that it is a concern. I mean, yeah, uh, as much as we love homers, I, I probably will be the last guy to tell you that uh, there's such a thing as too many homers or being too reliant on it. I mean, yes, obviously you need guys to get on base around and ahead of your homers. Um, but in, in the game, the way it's currently constituted and with the, the baseball that we're playing with and – you know, every pitch has a chance to end up on the other side of the fence. Uh, I, I think homers are incredibly important, and uh, I, I would never say that we're, you know, that we're hitting too many homers. Yeah, I think the percentage of your the runs at one point, I, I think it's dipped a little bit, but at one point was was getting close to 50%. It was pretty crazy. So Yeah, and, and that number is kind of wild all across the game right now. It's, it's, it's a very different game. Obviously, when this idea first came up 20 years ago when you know our 
lineup consisted of Matt Stairs and John Jaha and Geronimo Barrow and those guys, you know, it was it was somewhat novel to think you could hit that, that those kind of homers and score runs at that percentage clip. But the game itself has changed. Yeah. Do you do you guys kick around theories in your, in the office at all about what's going on with the baseball, or do you just not care and just look for ways to potentially exploit it? Yeah, it's not our job to sort of figure it out uh, why it is. It's, it's our job to sort of adapt and, and make sure we're keeping up with everybody. So I think, you know, a lot has been written about the ball itself, the, the physics of it, you know, the, the pill in the middle of the ball being more centered than ever and that maybe reducing drag on the baseball. So I, look, we pay attention to that stuff. We do discuss it internally to make sure we have a, a sense of what's going on. Um, but yeah, ultimately, at the end of the day, we, you know, our job is again to I think maybe exploit is, is is not quite the word, but just use it to our advantage for sure. Uh, now, last week on the podcast, I chit chatted with Scott Boris a little bit after the the um, draft. You know, he, obviously your first pick, Logan Davidson, came into town. Scott represents him. We chit chatted a little bit about contract extensions. You guys did do one earlier this year for Chris Davis. Uh, Scott and I talked a little bit about Matt Chapman, who he represents. Obviously, you've got a few guys, uh, young, um, very core, uh, important guys for the team. Is there sort of a general overall philosophy right now for the team about long-term deals? How much of is it tied in with the stadium? Uh, is there the potential to do it once once there might be firm stadium plans? How are you looking at it? Yeah, I don't know that our philosophy has necessarily changed. Obviously, it's been uh, it has been a while since we signed someone long-term before the Chris uh, deal got done, and it's it's been a long time since we've we've had a player you know in that zero to three years of service range that we've extended uh, i mean back to you know sean doolittle and and before that you know you, you got to go back to the the dan herons and the brett andersons and trevor cahill so obviously I'm, I'm aware there there has been a gap and and part of that is our uh our sort of need to go year to year and maintain some flexibility in the roster um but like you said the the stadium and the possibility of it plays a big part in, in how we look at our team now and, and into the future. Um, you know, having Chris here was was important no matter, you know, what building we're playing in and no matter what the teams are. He's such an important part of our team and our lineup. Um, looking at, you know, some of the, the younger guys, the Matt, the Ramones, uh, you know, to some extent Marcus and other guys, um, you know, that that is – uh, impacted by the stadium and, and the, the reality of those plans. And yes, I mean, we've been saying for, you know, you know, 15, 20 years, like, hey, until you put a shovel on the ground, it's hard to, to really plan around this. But, but this is a, a time now where we are as optimistic as, as we've ever been, at least in my time here. I think it's, this is more, this is more real than anything else we've done. And, and with that comes the hope that, the guys who are the foundation of this team are here in a new a new building, and and that leads to discussions, hopefully, uh, about contracts. That you know, like I said, after Chris, we're, we're focused on some of these guys now, but it, it's a long process. It takes it takes both sides to kind of find some common ground. Are you optimistic that you could get one or or maybe more done sometime in the next, say, year or two? I am. Yeah, I think there's, uh, you know, there's clearly a, a willingness on our side and a commitment from, from ownership to, to know what these guys mean and, and how important it is to, to keep them long term. And I think, 
hopefully signing Chris gave some sense to the players of what we can and are willing to do. And, and you know, for, you know, I'll, I'll use Matt Chapman just because he's been the most vocal and then he's sort of the centerpiece of all these discussions. I mean, Matt has said he likes it here. He, he likes Chris. He likes his teammates. He, he really likes playing for Bob. And um, so there, you know, the, the first step is, yes, there's a willingness on both sides. So you have to be optimistic when you have that. That's, uh, we will all, all keep a close eye on that. Now, um, with July coming up, um, you know, at some point, it, especially with this now uh, hard trade deadline at, of July 31st, uh, when do you start looking at whether you're buyers or sellers? You're so close to the second wild card. I would, I would assume the feeling is that you would be looking to add potentially um, rather than maybe to, to move a piece. But um, when, when does that start kind of uh, coalescing? Uh, well, the conversations have started for sure. I mean, we always sort of feel like as soon as the draft is over, uh, our our job is to turn our uh, turn our attention to those conversations. So I, I can tell you that uh, at least within these offices, we have we have lists put together. There are conversations had of uh, about guys on the outside who who we may start talking about who can help us. Um, obviously. As we sit here on June 24th, there's better part of five weeks, and a lot can happen there, as it did last year. You know, we went on that road trip last year, played well, and, and it convinced us, yeah, we should go out and, and add some guys. Uh, as we sit here uh, a couple games out of the wild card, uh, I, I think we anticipate being in that same position. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, being in that same position this year where this team encourages us add some help from the outside um but yeah I, I think there's a long way to go before we know what's what's realistic and what um what we can do to help this team well last year uh you guys very much focused on the bullpen uh and adding bullpen arms for for a number of reasons it was already the strength and i think that the feeling was maybe that that was a an area where you could add arms without potentially giving up um, major pieces in in return, and it, and it wound up working out very well. This year, the bullpen uh, has been um, uh, not surprisingly not necessarily the strength. It has struggled. Uh, Blake Trinan, uh, obviously going on the the DL recently uh, with a little bit of a shoulder strain. Uh, is that an area uh, that you you guys might look at again, or you know, with the is there a little bit of a wrinkle in that? Because I know Jarrell Cotton might potentially be coming back as a reliever. You mentioned AJ Puck and potentially coming back as a reliever. Is a there's a possibility, I guess, that that maybe some of the answers could come from within the organization. Yeah, you're right. They they could come from within. Um, that said, it, it is. It's an area you can make a, a really sort of quick, immediate impact by adding someone to. Obviously, if you you add a starter towards the end of July, there's the limited number of appearances you're talking about. And not that I wouldn't uh, consider adding a starting pitcher, but the cost in both dollars and player capital is, is typically high that time of year for starting pitching. So uh, you have to balance that with the impact a reliever can make uh, more often with the impact that guys from within the organization can have. And then, um, you know, we don't talk about position players as much because um, because there are only a certain number of spots and, and we like the group we have, but that's not out of the question too. But, yeah, I think the bullpen is, is probably the first place we look. Um, it, it not, And not because we don't 
believe in the group we have here. It just it has been uh, it has been less consistent than it was last year, which was inevitable. Like we were never going to perform as well as we did in the bullpen last year. Some of the numbers that were thrown out about you know we lost basically one game where we had a lead after the sixth inning. But that's ridiculous, and it's not going to happen again the next year. But um, but but I do believe adding uh, adding one or two people to that unit could help strengthen it going forward. How do you feel about the the state of the minor league system as a when it comes to being um, potential trade pieces to move? I think we have a lot of uh, a lot of flexibility there. I like the depth of our system. Um, I mean, just the fact that we, you know when we sit around and think about who other teams may ask for, a lot of times the, the response internally is is ouch. I mean, I, we don't want to trade those guys. So you know, anytime you have a list of twelve to fifteen guys, where the first response is, I don't know if I want to give that guy up. I think you have to feel good about this system, and and it's it's throughout as well. It starts in AAA with the you know the obvious guys and. Mateos and Barretos and Lazardos who are doing so well, and then you go down to the group at Stockton and and uh, and beyond. There's a group in Vermont of young Latin players that are all performing well now. They're out at a team, so it's a good system. We like our depth and we like the sort of the variety as well. I'm so glad you mentioned that the that you've got that nice group of young Latin players in Vermont because the international draft is coming up here on July 2nd, uh, and uh, a lot of people have you guys uh, picked to make another fairly big splash with Robert Poisson, um, a shortstop from the Dominican. I, I know you could, at this point can't talk about players by name before the draft, but how are you feeling going into that uh, about the team's ability to to maybe pick make make some nice moves there? It's it's certainly been an area where I think you the A's have augmented uh, some of what you've done with with player development in recent years. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, first I sort of have the uh, the handcuffs off a little bit. We've been in the penalty zone the last two signing years because of the money that we spent uh, on Lazarito, on Norhe Ruiz, on some of the other players that we signed two, two, year, <coughs> excuse me, two years ago. We haven't been able to spend more than $300,000 on any player. So the idea this year that, uh, that we can spend our whole pool, look at some of the top-notch guys and, and add to the system, particularly coming off a draft where um, – we had one of the lowest pools, and, and I'm thrilled with what Eric and his staff did. And, you know, guys like Logan Davidson, Tyler Baum, Kyle McCann, I think we added some really premium talent in the draft. But to then be able to follow it with uh, hopefully, you know, some of the top July 2nd names is exciting. So with uh, the A's heading into the second half, are there areas you would really like to see um, improvements just in general, uh, different, different things you'd like to see in the, in the second half? What's your ideal second half look like, uh, b- besides the obvious making a playoff, getting a playoff spot? <laughs> it looks a lot like 2018. I mean, is there, is there a more ideal second half than what we did last year? Yeah, that was pretty uh, impressive. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Oh, look, it goes back to what we started at or started talking about at the beginning of this conversation, consistency and um, going out there every day like you and feeling like you have a chance to win and win series, take two out of three, three out of four, whatever the case may be, um, and really uh, just build some momentum. And whether that comes through, you know, a solid starting pitching every night or knowing that the bullpen is going to be there for you, um, our position player group has scored runs 
pretty consistently. So, uh, yeah, we're going to use that word a lot this second half, consistency. And, and Bob, I know Bob is thinking about it all the time. And uh, hopefully it looks, again, a lot like 2018. Fantastic. David Force, thanks again for joining us on Ace Plus. Hopefully we will catch you again before the end of the season and we'll be able to talk maybe a little bit then about uh, greater consistency. All right, will do. Our thanks again to David Forst for joining us on A's Plus. Our producers today were King Kaufman and Libby Coleman. We will be back again later in the week with more. Thanks for listening. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter, at Susan Slusser. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sanfranciscochronicle.com slash subscribe.